Are you sitting at home watching a lot of TV? Do you wish you were out and about and able to go shopping? Well, why not join these two pastimes together and shop for products from your television with a touch-tone phone? In this episode of the show, we'll look at as-seen-on-TV history, infomercial hits and misses, and have some fun along the way. But wait, there's more! This is Wayback Attack. Welcome to Wayback Attack. My name is Brian Grantham. Sitting across from me, as always, in cyberspace is Preston Burt. Preston, are you ready to be sold? Because now you're on TV. <laughs> I, I guess I'm ready to be sold. Um, I don't know how my wife and kids would feel about that, but hey, look, it's a visual medium now, and uh, I'll, I'll take what I can get. So if you're just listening to the podcast, you don't get to see my new do that I have from being inspired by listening to last week's episode, talking about the Floby for a minute. I, uh, I I sheared my head with some clippers, so I'm more streamlined now. Just like this video that we're broadcasting on YouTube as well. Brian, dude, look at this. Mm-hmm. It's nice and fancy. Uh, you know, we um, I'm using different software than we were using last week uh, because uh, of the limitations that that one had, and I still have some bugs to work out with this current setup that we have going on. But, um, you know, for the most part, uh, everything seems to be we're, we're running pretty well. Uh, I just need to iron some stuff out. Yeah, well, it looks really good, and um, we've got an improvement this episode. If you haven't seen it um, yet, this episode or last episode, you got to check it out on YouTube because in the first episode, I did my little intro, and I assumed that there would be some sort of um, <laughs> graphic or, I don't know, cut to something. But no, Brian just ran the full uh, music intro as we just sat there and stared at the computer. <laughs> so that was very, very entertaining for our first um, video, but you know what? We gotta we gotta start from humble beginnings. So when we get big and huge, we can look back with fondness, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, my favorite part was the end of that video where uh, the, the outro theme was playing, and we're just sitting there smiling. It's like, did you cut it? Uh, because at least this this week you can see yourself, uh, whereas last week you you couldn't see anything that I was doing or anything like that. And like the setup we had last week was horrible because we had like Skype going on a tablet and then some other stuff so yep yep well uh how have you been busy during self-isolation these days uh well um i because of today's um topic i got uh some books that um were at my ex-wife's house that i had left there on accident uh and so i brought those uh, just in case we want to talk about them because they were um as seen on tv purchases uh but um other than that really just had some uh issues with some pipes around the house and getting those fixed this week. And so it's, uh, I can't wait to see my water bill uh, because I have my spigot outside my house is like leaking. And then also, uh, I had a pipe go inside my house. So, Oh dude, I did not hear about that. That sucks. I'm so sorry. Yeah. That's okay. I've had that happen before. Yeah. Well, um, I, I like your collection of books. I can't wait to, to go through those in a little bit here. Um, but I was inspired of course, uh, the ep- this episode of the show was inspired a little bit by last episode talking about the Floby. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I think I mentioned even when we were talking, I was like, that's a, that's a good idea for a show. Um, so <clears throat> the As Seen on TV idea floated through, and I was able to, this week, pull out a brand new VCR that I had bought. It was never used. It still has the promotional sticker on it um, and a little display thing. And I was able to uh, pull out some of my uh, vintage VHS tapes that my family recorded. See, look, this one says Dumbo. Mm -hmm. um, I had this since I was a kid. And I was able to start ripping some commercials from these VHS tapes and found some gems. You know, it's always fun to find stuff that's not already on YouTube. Yeah. Things that really just uh, bring back the nostalgia. And one, or not just one, you know, several of these that I had were commercials that were for products that were as seen on TV or, mm -hmm. um, you know, unique direct marketing is what they kind of call it. And so I was like, oh, that would be a great idea for the show, just fill it, following through on the Floby idea. And so that's why we're here today. Um, so going into it, Brian, have you ever bought something directly from TV? Uh, I, hmm, I have bought things as seen on TV. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, f I feel like I haven't bought anything. I haven't like, you know, operators are standing by, like I haven't called any of those operators. And uh -huh. so, um, I know like all, all of these things here uh, are all as seen on TV products that I've bought, but I either bought them um, either online or at like one of those as seen on TV stores. Uh, and then, um, these, these, the books probably were bought, uh, by someone calling in. I, I did not purchase them myself. Uh, mm -hmm. but the, um, I would have to assume that those were from someone calling in because they're time life books. So, so I think I've only bought one thing true, honest to goodness directly off of the TV. Um, now, when you and I were kids, I really want to say that Chia Pets mm -hmm. were were direct marketed first. Yeah. Like, you ordered them directly from TV, but then eventually you could start getting them in drugstores and stuff like that, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, my, yeah, I'm pretty sure that when they first came out, because like those commercials were everywhere and they played so so often. Yeah, well, I I have owned a Chia Pet, but I don't think I direct mail ordered that one or from the TV. Mm -hmm. I did like when I was maybe in college or just out of college. I'm ashamed to admit it. I, I ordered one of these um, video series off of the TV because I was watching a lot of Comedy Central. And it was like for like pranks and jokes and things like that. Like, I don't know, in a world before YouTube, <laughs> right? You'd watch these stupid like jackass kind of things or whatever they were. But it was awful because it was one of those scams where when you call, you know, the price that they showed on TV wasn't the actual price when it's all said and done. Right. And then plus it was like a subscription thing to where you had to call them and harass them to get you to stop, get them to stop sending you this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, uh, that it wouldn't just show up at your door and you get charged month after month. So I have not had good experiences personally with that since that's my only experience, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean I don't have a fondness for as seen on TV. I love watching those cheesy products. I have spent time as a youth and as a teen and as a young adult watching, I don't know how many hours of infomercials, and I've got some favorites. So I think on this episode of the show, we'll go through some, a little bit of the history, mm -hmm. show how we got here, and then talk about some of our favorites. So um, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that sounds great. Uh, before we get to that, though, um, oh, you're right. We had a, a contest going on 
uh, that we we did last week. And uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about what happened with that? Okay, yeah. So uh, last week, if you watched or listened to the podcast, we had a real or fake segment wherein I went through some comic book titles that were either real or fake. Mm-hmm. And then I have a contest to give away all the comic books that I did have that were, in fact, really weird and real. Um, so we had some listeners wrote in uh, who gave us some contest entries. But as it happened, we our contest winner, who submitted, also submitted a great um, email. So uh, shout out to Brian C. for winning the prize. And he wrote in and said, really been enjoying the show since episode 14. And it hit all the feels for me with respect to Real Genius and Ren and Stimpy. Um, he said, before you guys even started talking Real Genius, you were playing some bumper music that I could have sworn was from the movie during the study montage. Yes, I've seen it many times. When you guys eventually started talking about it, I knew my hunch was right. This movie to me is part of a subgenre of 80s films with the nerdy, funny science kids. Movies like Manhattan Project, My Science Project, War Games. I probably throw Weird Science and Explorers in there too. One note, final note about Real Genius is the use of Tears for Fears. Everybody wants to rule the world at the end. Absolute perfection. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he mentions Ren and Stimpy because we talked about that on the Isolation episode yep. as well. Uh, he said he could go on for hours and say that Space Madness is his favorite episode with the two highlights being when Ren eats his delicious ice cream bar, <laughs> which is a bar of soap, and uh, a shiny cherry-like button at the end of the episode that we talked about. Creepy, uncomfortable at times, and always awesome. So, uh, Brian submitted the most obscure comic character that he read as a kid was Mr. X, published by Vortex in 1983. And I have never heard of that comic book before. So, hey, that's great. Um, He did mention a duo that until recently is probably obscure, which was Marvel's Cloak and Dagger. And I do agree um, that it was relatively obscure. I mean, obviously not now that it has the television show. But it's one of those where I'm actually glad they made that as a series. Because I like seeing comic books that are underappreciated mm-hmm. brought to the sub- like Guardians of the Galaxy. That was a great, great idea to bring to the big screen because nobody has expectations about our, our Guardians of the Galaxy. Everybody has expectations about Captain America. So yeah, I think um, I feel like there was a video game that Cloak and Dagger were in that I like I almost feel like I remember like Cloak coming down from the top of the screen to like pick up dagger maybe or something like that it might have i don't think it was i don't know i don't know what game it was i feel like i recall that it might have been like a some genesis game or something like that sounds cool and i kind of vaguely remembered it too but i also don't remember that so listeners if you or uh viewers if you know what he's talking about send us an email mm-hmm. i'd love to see that and relive that glory so congratulations brian c for winning all of those horrible awesome comic books <laughs> and uh We've got some more fun in store for the show later on, but no prize this time, but we do have a game, so stick around for that. Um, All right, so back to As Seen on TV. Now, right now, we probably recognize As Seen on TV from those products that have that big red sticker. Mm -hmm. But did you know that that's... um, It's only been around since uh, 19... uh, About 1989, I think when they finally did that. It's from one primary brand of uh, products called Telebrands. It was designed by CEO AJ Kubani. Now, he started in 1986 with just ads in National Enquirer, like print ads and stuff. 
but he went to TV in 1989 with amber vision glasses. Let's see if anybody remembers this. Roll that beautiful bean. Introducing AmberVision, the most amazing breakthrough in vision technology since glasses were invented. These super glasses actually improve vision indoors, outdoors, day or night. We guarantee it. Look, AmberVision blocks the blurring blue rays, the same rays that cause haze and fog. Everything is so much crisper and clearer. I can't believe my own eyes. They're amazing. AmberVision blocks 100% of the dangerous ultraviolet light with UV400, the best protection for your eyes. You'll wear these high-fashion glasses all year round and one size fits all oh i can't believe the difference catalogs offer similar glasses for 59.95 but now you can order amber vision for just ten dollars on the special offer seeing is believing so order amber vision today clip-on model is also available credit card users call 1-800-535-9000 that's 1-800-535-9000 or send just that's so funny those glasses like those glasses to me look like um like what you would like see some tough guy in some movie like wearing <laughs> oh yeah i mean it's totally 80s like they they're like big wayfair glasses mm-hmm. and um yeah they're they don't lie they are definitely amber so <laughs> yeah uh, i don't remember those though honestly do you no i don't remember that commercial um but uh-huh. it's funny because like like i feel like those glasses uh, are very similar to like what we have now with um, you know how regular glasses have they block the blue light, because mm-hmm. uh, like um, if I take my glasses off like if I'm driving or something like that and I take my glasses off like I can tell the difference between the yellow light that I that I like the world looks yellow through my glasses kind of so that's cool well um, that was like I said the 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 one that kind of launched that company on the map and it sold them millions of units. It was a big hit. And then they've done a lot of stuff since then. They're responsible for something called the Ped Egg. This is the same company. Mm-hmm. Um, they sold... The Ped Egg's those... a huge hit. Oh, it's huge, dude. It launched in 2007, sold 45 million units by 2013. Yeah. 45 million. Yeah. And it's like just a thing. It's, you know, people... <laughs> people... Uh... It's something that I would not normally think, oh, I need to have this item, but the reviews on it are crazy. And have you ever had a, uh, a, a pedicure? No. So I've had one once and I felt so bad because I, I typically wear like Birkenstocks as are, are the shoes that I typically wear around. Um, and like I've got calluses on my feet. And this lady was just going to town, like getting the calluses off my foot. Like I had to leave the biggest tip and eventually I had to be like, just leave it alone. It's fine because she, I felt so bad for her, like scrubbing them off. But um, oh, like, I just, gross. It, it, like, I don't know if you've seen the commercial for the uh, petty egg, but the, um, this, like this, this is an older lady and she uses it on her foot. She's like, it feels like a baby's skin, but, but like, it's so weird looking because like her heel is very wrinkly except for where they did the petty egg part. <laughs> it's really nice. weird looking. Oh, that's gross. Uh, well, next time listeners, you see a petty mm-hmm. egg, know that it's by the company that originated the as seen on TV logo, which interesting fact that logo is now in public domain. So, cause it's over, it's over 30 years old and I guess they didn't, I guess there whatever laws about renewal didn't apply to that. So you can slap it on whatever product you want now. That's so crazy to me because like, if you think about like, you know, 
Mickey Mouse and that whole uh that whole thing with the um with it technically Mickey Mouse should be public domain by now, but Disney has been able to get the laws rewritten. Like right? you think it's crazy or I think it's crazy that this is now in the public domain. So dumb. So dumb. Um now that that company as seen on TV, they actually have you know, you have a section in some stores, maybe Target or Walmart or something, you can actually, there's a little section of assing on TV products. Mm-hmm. But we in the Mall of Georgia, north of Atlanta, there's actually a, an assing on TV branded store, or at least there was until recently anyway. Yeah. Did you ever go in there? Oh, yeah. I'd go in there all the time. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I like stupid little gadgets. Uh, I like, I, going into that store, I have an understanding that the item is not going to work probably as well as. I think it was, but I always like that they have the little TVs playing the infomercials for the products that are there. So, yeah. So the fun thing about those asking on TV products is there's probably more misses than there are hits, mm-hmm. but it's always nice when you actually find a product that works. So I mentioned earlier that I'd, I've only ordered one thing directly off a of TV, but I've had many as seen on TV products, but the only one I have in my home right now, which I'm showing online is, uh, a Macon Bacon, oh, you can't read that, but anyway, Macon Bacon product. Now, this one I bought, I was given to me as a gift. It is for, uh, like the name implies, making bacon, but in the microwave. Mm. And so you put these three little sticks in it, and then you just drape the bacon over it, and there's a tray to collect the fat in the microwave. And then you just drape a little paper towel or something over it so it doesn't explode in your microwave. But this way you have uh, pretty uniformly cooked bacon with no mess and uh, dishwasher safe. And it's it's great. I've, I've had it for years. My friend David, uh, shout out to David. He listens to the podcast. He's a friend from high school, close friend. Um, <laughs> we saw him and his wife use it at, uh, at their house and we – we're like, this is genius. I love it. <laughs> and so he got it for me for a gift one time. It was great. The Now, I like my bacon to be like medium rare uh-huh. or rare. I like it to be very limp and soggy. Does yes. does that make that kind of bacon? Oh, so it's it's strictly based on how long you run the microwave for. Mm. It, it, there's no like aeration or anything. It's just the the utility of how it holds the bacon and caps captures okay. the fat. So okay. it's really good. Although I think he nicknamed it the Baconator. So yeah. even though technically it's called Macon Bacon, <laughs> um, we always call it in our house, the Baconator. And it was invented by, if you look online and you see the cover, it was been invented by like a 12 year old girl named Abby back in the day. <laughs> I don't know how old Abby is now, probably in her thirties, who knows, but it works. Good job, Abby. <laughs> good job. The, um, the you would think that she's probably sitting on her bacon throne, <laughs> just living it up, making so oh, much man. money. Yeah, she's probably four hundred pounds now, just eating <laughs> that bacon throne. But uh, one last thing about the Assing on TV logo company, Telebrands—they're always looking for good ideas, and so they have a new products pitch monthly meeting where the company hosts an Inventors Day. Entrepreneurs in the U.S. come to pitch their invention to Kubani and his team. So if you've got a good idea and you want to ask seen on TV, um, check out Telebrands. Uh, their website has all the information. But really cool. You know what they so, should do is he, he should film that and then make a TV show off of it, of everybody well, pitching him these maybe ideas. Maybe something like Shark 
Yeah. Shark Tank uh-huh. would be a good name. <laughs> I think I think I think it would be a good one. Yeah, man, we should really do something like that. That's a great <laughs> idea. Write that down. Okay. So the asking on TV commercials to me, those are like 30 second spots. Mm-hmm. Most of them. Those are like in the span of a regular commercial. But what I really like too were the infomercials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these were the things that were, I don't know, you lost track of time how long these things were. You kept thinking this thing's going to end soon. <laughs> and then it just goes and goes and goes for 30 minutes, an hour. Who knows? Uh, especially because usually these things go like at one to four in the morning. Mm-hmm. You don't know what time it is anyway, but it's good to go to sleep too sometimes too. Yeah. I used to, I used to, I do not sleep easily, and so I used to watch tons of infomercials when I had um when I used to have cable. Like, when, when not having cable, I don't ever see them anymore. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I haven't seen a true infomercial in a long time, except for maybe like when I'm in a hotel or something because mm-hmm. they have cable. But, um, you know, advertisements have always been a thing, and even shows centered around advertisements were a thing. Hence. In case you didn't know, that's why soap operas are called soap operas because they were uh, entertainment developed solely to market soap brands. Huh. Um, that's crazy. So it's yeah, right. It's been around for a long, long time. But the reason infomercials, like as what we're talking about, existed, happened because in 1984, the FCC lifted regulations that they had established back, like in the 50s and the 60s to govern content of commercials for television. So that's partly the reason why we have, you know, all those infomercials. And it's also partly the reason why we have such great cartoons in the eighties that were solely devoted to marketing a toy. Yeah. The, um, you know, we've, we've talked about the, the commercials and about how it's kind of bad. How nowadays kids like, you know, I think about my kids and how, a lot of that stuff I'm nostalgic about those commercials and the toy deals with the shows, uh, you know, and they're just not going to have that. Although they do still have like She-Ra and stuff. Like a lot of those properties have been brought back to life through Netflix and other, other companies. Yeah. Well, um, that it kind of went away in the nineties because of the children's television act of 1990. Yeah. But that just applied to, um, broadcast television. Mm-hmm. So cable, there were, there were like no restrictions on cable, and obviously now with Netflix or whatever, although they're not really pitching toys directly, but they could be, yeah. I guess. They should have commercial breaks for the toys for the show. In, in a... <laughs> oh, then people be dropping Netflix left no and right, way. man. Because they, they could pitch it as like, hey, remember when you were a kid and you were watching G.I. Joe? Well, we rebooted G.I. Joe and we're going to do commercials for toys in it. And like people would like that, I think. I mean, people watch go to YouTube just to watch commercials, so... I know that's me, <laughs> dude. I would pay money right now for like a six-hour VHS tape that is nothing but a Saturday morning cartoon block from like 1986. Mm-hmm. But I digress. Anyway, hey, fun fact: Did you know the infomercial industry is worth over 200 billion dollars? That's crazy to me. Like, uh, you know, since we were talking about Shark Tank, you know, that's. A lot of the the people that I don't remember I don't I don't watch that show and so I couldn't tell you which shark is I know one of them does like QVC stuff but I think I feel I feel like one of them also is like into infomercial stuff 
And mm-hmm. it's just crazy to me to think about how much money goes into that stuff because the yeah, actual when I was films... doing research for the show, I don't, I don't watch Shark Tank. Uh-huh. I have seen maybe one episode uh, clips. I know of it. I am culturally aware. Um, but in doing research for the show, there's some sponge product that it looks like a happy face. Yes. Uh huh. But it's a sponge. Yep. And something like on it was launched on Shark Tank. Somebody sold. Uh, a twenty percent stake or something in the company for two hundred thousand dollars, which is a great investment because now that it's like fifty million dollar company from some stinking like sponge. Yeah, but it's I think, crazy. I think that I think it does something special. I don't remember what it was, but I have seen. I like. I think I've seen it like in a best of clip thing. Like it, the, if I I watched the commercial, uh-huh. so that sponge, which I sorry I forget the name. It um, the rigidity of the sponge itself changes based on the temperature of the water so like if you use cold water you can really really like scrub pots and pans if you want it really soft you use hot water and then it's got the holes for the hands i mean for the face so you can stick your hand in there and like go in glasses and stuff Mm. anyway i i gotta get in on this infomercial stuff is what i'm saying (laughs) because some of these like that like that foot egg thing it looks so simple and like duh why doesn't that exist why am i not making 50 million dollars yeah well, Preston, if you want to get into those infomercials, you should get in to one like this. Why do you talk to PRN psychics? For free sample readings. My career. Romance. For free sample readings. Money. My future. My family. My future. My career. Would you recommend PRN? Yes, absolutely. You bet. Oh, yes. PRN is the best. With a free sample reading? Yes. What does Psychic Readers Network have that others don't? Integrity. They have the original free sample reading. Amazing accuracy. Psychics who are friendly, who cares? Psychics who see good things in your future and help you get them. What's the best part of the PRN deal? The free sample reading, of course. The free sample reading, no question. I find their psychics are the best. You get to try it out with the free sample reading. Psychic Readers Network. So many good reasons to call. But perhaps the easiest is the free sample reading. Try it out. Call now. For your free sample reading, call now. So did you ever call for a free psychic reading? (laughs) No, I never did. Uh, I was smart enough not to. Um, I think I got burned as a kid by calling the Woody Woodpecker hotline (laughs) and getting reamed for our, you know, getting like $20 worth of phone bills to that. So I I used to use the phone at at the school to call... um, Gosh, I can't remember. There was some video game that uh, oh, it was a uh, some chicken. Uh, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was some chicken Super Nintendo game and Genesis game, and it had a number, and I memorized the number, and I would go up to the school phone and use it to call and listen to the recorded message. <laughs> the only one I'm sad I missed out on was I think Freddy Krueger had a hotline back in the day, mm-hmm. and I'm sad I didn't call that, but I was too scared to. Yeah, I have something that has that commercial on it because I sent. Or I may have been watching it on YouTube, but I, I sent someone a picture of of part of that commercial. Yeah, so that commercial you just played, it was actually one that I ripped from my VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that's not to be confused with Psychic Friends Network, but this is Psychic Readers Network, which they still have a website that's active, psychicreadersnetwork.com, and you can still call the 800 number, 800-797-4477. It's only two ninety nine per minute. Jesus, so crazy. Um, 
So I have a funny story about uh, it. It was not this. It, it was I think it was Miss Cleo's. Like it would have been that time period, probably like around two thousand three or yeah, Miss Cleo's Psychic Friends, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And um, I was so I was playing Ultima Online, uh, which is uh, like the first big MMO, and so I had to be on the internet. And I was living with my best friend and his girlfriend. And she was like, "Hey, I need to use the phone. Can you can you you know get off the internet?" And I was like, "Yeah, let me let me just finish what I'm doing. I'll, I'll get back to town and then get off." And then like she didn't wait for me to do that and just like kicked me off off because you know back then you couldn't have more than one uh, line going. So if someone picked up the phone, it would knock you off the internet. Oh. And <laughs> I was like, I was pissed off about it because I was like, whatever, like she, you know, she kicked me off the game, blah, blah, blah. But then like, I was listening to what she was saying and she had called this site, Miss Cleo's psychic friends network. And I <laughs> you was got like, burned for Miss Cleo. <laughs> I went and told my best friend, I was like, Matt, you have got to go in there and talk to your girlfriend because she just kicked me off the internet to talk to a psychic. And I was so mad about it. Yeah. I'm kind of, kind of sad. I didn't call just so I could know what that experience was like, but you know, look, if Billy D. Williams, Lando Calrissian himself, says it's good enough, I'm I'm going to take his word for it, honestly, you know? Well, you know, He's got some good taste. The the best thing about that uh, specific, um, about the Psychic Readers Network is that uh, they, um, they're the most trustworthy because the, the, the that's, that's one of the best things about them. <laughs> oh, thanks. Oh, they're under new ownership. They're better than ever. Look oh. at that. <laughs> Well, that was uh, I put that on there. That's just a, a classic because it's a constant, man. Those things were everywhere in the '90s. Yeah, the um, now I will say this next this next commercial. Uh, I could not have told you what it was called, but everybody knows um, the product that is selling. So, GLH means great looking hair. Just spray GLH on, and it instantly covers your bald spot, leaving you with great looking hair. And ladies with thinning hair or bald spots, GLH solves the problem instantly. GLH is not a paint or a cover-up. It's an amazing powder that clings to the tiniest hairs on your head. It actually builds on itself, leaving you with great, great-looking hair. And the GLH hair system is not expensive. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. This is the first time I've ever used this product. I saw it on the uh, infomercials, and I was skeptical at first, um, but uh, it, it works. I tell you what, I can't believe it. You know, I've seen the commercial, and I, I, I just couldn't believe it. And it really looks great. My wife's got herself a new guy now. And I tell you, I'm really impressed. That's incredible. I've been getting harassing for being bald, and I'm only a young man. No more dates without being called old man, but the babes are back. I would definitely as much <laughs> That's right, Preston. The babes oh. are back. Oh, my gosh. If you're just listening to this, you are missing out because that was a gem. That dude who said babes are missing are missing out. He is a ladies' man. <laughs> the dude, now, it's it's funny because like some of these things when they're painting it on, like it's like okay, like I could the, I can see how that could pass as as real hair. But then like there's one dude that they just totally do like his whole head. Like, yeah, they just paint. spray painted his head black. <laughs> I mean, he was bald as can be, and they just drew in his hair. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. That's a great one. Did you I really want I want to try that. Are you trying to tell me something? <laughs> Did I know you I'm thinning a little bit up here, but come on now. Have you ever seen anybody that actually used it? No. I remember when I was a kid, I must have been like at Disney World or something like that, but there was somebody that like my uh, my stepmom pointed it out. She was like, "Look, he uses he uses spray on hair." <laughs> so, uh, cuz we were like standing behind them in line or something. I was like, "Oh, wow, that's crazy." 
Doesn't I, it run color if it gets wet? Like if you get in the rain with it? I would assume so. I, I What I feel like it had to be was basically like flocking, you know? Just like aerosol flocking. And so like you're spraying, it's like paint with uh, like fuzzy stuff uh, in it. So Yeah. Dude, if, you, if, you're, if you're thinning a little bit, like pop a little on there, okay. But if you, if, <laughs> if you were, you know, Mr. Clean, you, you just need to write it off. You just need to accept your fate and be done because this isn't going to work for you. Yeah. The, um, I just, I, I just, I love that guy. And the babes are back. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so GLH never, I could not have told you that, but spray on hair, like, like a hundred percent. That was a huge, uh, a huge thing. There must've been multiple companies that, that did those back then. So, yeah. um, well, what's, what's next to it to look at? So the next one is something that it, it's a commercial that I personally remember seeing all the time. And I want to see if you remember this also. So. Okay. These children are reading the Bible and really enjoying it. That's because someone has finally published a version of the Bible that's easy to understand and fun to read. It's called the Picture Bible, a marvelous new idea from the David C. Cook Publishing Company. The Picture Bible actually gives readers an immediate overview and grasp of the whole Bible. The stories are chronologically sequenced, and all of the chapters are keyed to their corresponding scripture passages. You can order this attractive hardbound volume for $16.95, and it comes to you with a full money-back guarantee. Imagine sharing the wealth of the Bible with your entire family for the remarkably low price of $16.95. Here's how to order yours right now. Do you do you remember the picture Bible? I don't remember that at all. Oh, I should have left this up. It, it was actually, they were based out of Atlanta. Um... Man, I saw that commercial all the time. And I, I, I used to, uh, I used, I, I own so many Bibles. I couldn't tell you how many Bibles I own, but I always wanted this one because I was like, yeah, man, they turned the Bible into a comic book. <laughs> but, um, I always wanted, no, it. I already had tons of Bibles too. My, my mom is the daughter of a, a Baptist preacher. So we, we always had plenty of Bibles around. I think I had one that had, you know, pictures in it, but it wasn't like the fully illustrated, mm-hmm. like, only word bubbles and stuff. What I liked about that commercial, um, for those who were paying attention, was that guy was narrating the thing, but then they showed the dude, <laughs> but he still talked like he was like he was narrating it, <laughs> like a robot. I don't know if I would have gone with that, but uh, that's a very very uh, interesting artistic direction they took with that. That was his commitment but, to the bit. Yeah. <laughs> maybe no, maybe, that, maybe I, that's that, the way that he talks, my Preston. Radar, man. <laughs> Uh, maybe that's just the way he talks. He can't help it. There's something wrong with him. Uh, all right. I feel bad. Now I need that Bible. <laughs> all right. So this next one is going to be something that I actually have here uh, on on my desk. And so I guess I'll play the commercial first, and then uh, and then and then talk about it. So uh, so check this out. A rabbit's foot carried for luck. A pinch of salt tossed over the shoulder. A sense of foreboding at the sight of a black cat. Are they harmless superstitions or reminders of a darker time when the world was young? Nature seemed all-powerful and humble charms were man's best protection against unknown evil. Enter the Enchanted World, a spellbinding series from Time Life Books that probes the forgotten origins of the world's strangest curiosities. In each lavishly illustrated volume, you'll move through storybook lands where the original endings to the tales of childhood weren't always happy ones. 
The enchanted world takes you back to a time when restless apparitions drifted through darkened hallways. Some ghosts were nothing more than cold spots on floors or shadows in corners. Others. All right. So the uh, the enchanted world books. Did you do you remember those commercials at all? I don't remember those. I don't remember those at all. No. So the um, it was a time life a time life collection. Uh, and let's see the um, this is actually the one that they showed in the commercial. And uh, and it's so it's so cool. Like the, the neat thing about these books is like the art is very cool in them. It's interesting because the um, text does not take up the whole page. <laughs> and so uh, oh, actually, hold on a second. I, all right. Say it. Say that again. I had I had you muted. It's like on. a bait and switch. Yeah, I don't understand why they wouldn't just like change the font size, uh, but the artwork in it is very cool. Um, you have uh, a bunch of different stories in here, and it's the commercial almost makes it sound like something that nowadays you would probably see it on the History Channel. They would have some like <laughs> like fake documentary about like these spirits and stuff. But, yeah, it comes on in between ancient aliens. Yeah. 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 But like the you know the, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, the stories in, in, in this book, um, they're just like like they're like kids' stories basically. Well that um, one you hold up was was that called the tale of the spider demon? It was battling the spider demon. Oh, that looks awesome. Even the bravest of mortals quailed before the wrath. So did you have the whole set? Um, I don't think this is the whole set because I, I have 12, uh, different books here. And I think that in the, um, actual set, there's at least 16. There might be more than that. Cause when I looked on, I looked on online and they, um, there was more than just 12 uh, in the pictures that I saw. So, um, now, did, so did you actually order that or did you get those later in life? Um, I got these later in life. Um, I, I don't remember where I bought them. So like, like I said, uh, you know, they were at my ex-wife's house. So while I was picking them up, I asked her, I said, do you remember where I bought these? Cause I think I bought them when I was living in Key West and I can't think of where, like, I don't know where I would have bought them, I th- I, but, uh, I really, li- I really liked them cause the, it's like a fabric binding. And, uh, like I said, the artwork in them is very cool. Um, and there's different, like you have like, uh, night creatures, ghosts, Wizards and uh, witches, fairies and elves, dwarves, magical beasts. I just thought they looked really cool. But Yeah, maybe you found them in the thrift store or something, because if I came across those, I would be sure to snatch those up. Yeah. Now, I didn't recognize those. Honestly, I really didn't. But um, because you were doing those, I didn't do um, ones that I found were the same. It was basically like a sequel series called Mysteries of the Unknown. Uh-huh. So that's a time life series that I remember. I remember mysteries of the unknown ads, mm-hmm. and that's a thirty-three volume set with like alien encounters and uh, hauntings and psychics and UFO phenomenon, witches and witchcraft and stuff like that. Um, I never actually owned those books. Those were kind of the ones that like it was tantalizing, right? But I was so I couldn't order them. But even so, I, I don't. I think they were kind of just like off limits too scary to it was it's kind of like when you're watching unsolved mysteries or something you hear that music you just like bolt out of the room mm-hmm. sometimes when those ads came on i'd be like peering behind stuff or running away because it was just kind of creepy <laughs> yeah I, I i really um you know time life they they had so many cool collections and stuff like that but like just the um like just the books that they would put out like would be 
they all they all did a really good job at at selling those things and you know they weren't technically infomercials or whatever but man like you know there's time life sets of 80 every every genre of music and and they did such a good job with with print things as well so i just wanted to give them a shout out for that so those those were a bunch of classic infomercials or classic commercials um some of them were better than others tongue in cheek there are some that stand out as like full on stinkers and we've got a couple of those for you right now uh let's go with the rejuvenique mask well how does this mask do that well if you can get the idea of what doing eight setups a second would do for your stomach you have an idea of what rejuvenic would do for your face because in essence rejuvenic does for the face what exercise does for the body and the way it does that is there's a control unit that during a facial session actually sends an impulse up to the zones in the mask and actually activates the face and skin to exercise tighten and tone so we like to say that's a lot of face ups since it's doing it eight times a second during a facial toning <laughs> I love how it just like does a slow zoom into her eyeball from behind that mask. Yes. Oh my gosh. If you can't see this, you have to check it out. Uh, it's a mask that women or anybody, I guess, could put on their face. Um, but the mask itself, it, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what they're going for, but it looks <laughs> like a serial killer mask. Yeah. It's, it is the shape of a human's face, but without any type of uh, detail or anything at all. Yeah. It's kind of like a different version of like one of those drama masks, uh-huh. but like creepier and more robotic. <laughs> yes. And then there's a shot in there that we were laughing so much about because it just, it zooms in on her face and like goes right into her eye. And it, you, there's no... It's, she's wearing a mask, so you can only see her eye. You can't see anything else. It's like it's watching her soul die inside. <laughs> yeah, those those things. Have you? Did you do any research on the rejuvenate mask? Yeah. So I was curious, and apparently it shoots electrical uh-huh. shocks in your face <laughs> using a nine volt battery. Yeah, you're doing you're doing face ups like that guy. Said. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like there's an ab. Mm-hmm. They were selling some ab infomercial where you put these little electrodes on your abs and it just like tenses your abs. Well, Bruce Lee used to do that. He, okay. he when he was writing movies because uh, he wouldn't have time to work out, so he would have like things that shocked your muscles to make them constrict, basically. And so yeah, well, that sounds awful, <laughs> and I wouldn't want to touch that anywhere close to my face. But <laughs> apparently, Rejuvenique does. So well, I know, I know they in in that commercial they wind up you know pitching it to where you can like wear it to bed and stuff like that. Uh, I, this next commercial here is something else that uh, that goes in the uh, in the bedroom. It's the problem in the marriage bed that no one likes to talk about. Maybe that's why they call it silent but deadly. Well, now there's a real solution to a very real problem. Introducing the Better Marriage Blanket. On the outside, the Better Marriage Blanket looks and feels just like a soft, warm comforter. But on the inside, it contains a layer of activated carbon fabric, the same type of fabric used by the military to protect against chemical weapons. Flatulence molecules easily pass through the cotton shell and are harmlessly absorbed into the layer of carbon fabric. Even when used on top of bed sheets, offending molecules are absorbed before anyone knows they're there. So whether you or your spouse suffers from a health issue or just the occasional disagreeable meal, you owe it to your marriage to try the Better Marriage Blanket. It makes a great wedding gift or anniversary gift, too. To order, call one 800 
It's the what same. I'm, what I'm curious about is I want to meet the person who obviously had something so traumatic happen to them that they felt the need to invent this blanket. <laughs> They're like, oh, geez, George, we need some military-grade filtration in this bed. Military-grade. I need something that'll battle chemical weapons because you just dropped the bomb on me. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, um, I think the problem with that. Uh, with that blanket is it kind of takes away the joy of letting a really big one go and then covering your, your spouse's face in the blanket. <laughs> Cause really, if you can't do that, what's the point of even sharing a bed? <laughs> yeah. That's worth more than thirty nine ninety five. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to take away, try and take away my joy. <laughs> oh man. Well, those, I- I'm sure we could go across and add tons, tons to the list, but, um, uh, uh of, Hall of Shame, but there are actually some good ones that we remember fondly. So uh, let's move into those, and then uh, in a middle, in a little bit, let's play a little fun game. Okay, sounds good. Traditional can openers are impossible. They slip, and you can't grip. And auto openers just don't cut it. Hi, I'm Susan Williams, and this is the Tornado Opener, the faster, easier, and more powerful can opener. Just place it on the can, press the button. And in seconds, all the work is done for you. It really is that easy. Unlike other can openers that cut the top off and leave dangerous, sharp edges, the Tornado utilizes this unique patented cutting design that enters the actual rim of the can, leaving no sharp edges. No matter if it's thick, thin, large, or... It's true. It does not leave sharp edges. I love this thing so very much. How long have you had that? Uh, you know, it hasn't been that long, I don't think. It's it's been at least like it's probably been like 5 it's been at least 5 years. It might be more than that, it might be less. Um, but I think I bought this in the As Seen on TV store from the Mall of Georgia. It, and uh it's great. Like you you basically I should have brought a can, but um <laughs> You, you, Way don't, to go, dude. you don't even have to like touch it. You just set it on there and then hit this button and walk away and it automatically like will go and cut the whole thing off by itself. The only thing that's bad about it is that the um the batteries on it it, it uses it uses four uh four AA batteries um because it's super powerful they say. Uh and but it's not that powerful. Like sometimes sometimes you have to like really um you have to really like reset it a couple times and stuff like that but um but making sure that you're able to it's nice when i'm cooking i can do a thing start it and then walk away and then it makes a different sound when it's when it's cut the whole thing off and so then you just take it off it's not sharp you just pop the top of the lid off and it's like it's perfect i love this thing you should buy how much does one of those cost do you remember i don't remember i bet I, i we let's see (laughs) <laughs> I, I bet it's in that commercial. It's it's not on that the screen, but uh, I'm willing to say I, 19.99. I'm willing to bet you that wow, this is 19.99. Wow, Brian, what a deal! Yeah, it's it. You know what? I love this thing. Other people that have used it have, do not appreciate it as much as I do. Well, you know, uh, I have used a electric can opener. I currently just use a traditional mm-hmm. hand cranked can opener, but I can see the value in setting it and forgetting it. Yeah, that's another great uh, thing that we that we get from uh, infomercials is that phrase. That's right. Do you remember? I'm clever like that. Do you remember who, um, who said it? Was, was that Ronco? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, 
I might be talking about them later. Okay. I think it is. I think it is them. All right. Uh, so that was the tornado can opener. Uh, and then, uh, I guess we'll take a look at something here. Um, oh no. Well, I guess we're not going to take a look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I did not add that file to this, uh, to, to the production. Uh, okay. So you can talk about my it. pick. Yep. All right. So my pick, you don't need to listen to it. You don't need to see it because you can picture it in your mind because everybody has seen these things. I'm betting more than half of you listening have owned one of these over the course of your life, and that is the ubiquitous, the power-packed George Foreman grill. Brian, have you ever owned a George Foreman grill? I have owned multiple George Foreman grills. Um, the I remember when it came out, I was like, this thing is awesome because it just makes cooking stuff so fast and easy. Uh, but then... Uh, I wound up not liking them and I because of the cleanup involved with the actual grill plates. Um, mm-hmm. But I would always forget. I've, I've owned multiple of these in different yeah, sizes. They're, they're pretty cheap. Like, I mean, I think they were 20 bucks or something when they came out or 24 95. Mm-hmm. So pretty affordable. And um, they came out in 1994. So they've been around for a while. And when they came out, it was, you know, it's kind of weird because George Foreman was still like a name. Yeah. But here he was hawking this weird lean, mean, fat grilling, whatever <laughs> machine, <laughs> fat reducing grilling machine. There we go. Um, but I tell you what, it's another one of those things where it's as popular as it is because it actually works. I had one in, in my college dorm room, you know, so like you couldn't have a, a gas grill or anything like that, but a George Foreman grill. Oh man, that thing was great. Put that next to your coffee pot and you got ramen noodles and hamburgers ready to go. So, um, that one, ramen noodles. Facts. Oh, coffee pot. Okay. I thought you were cooking ramen noodles on the George Foreman grill. I got you now. Um, so they have sold over 100 million units since it was first launched, um, by 20, uh, sorry, in 15 years. So that's not total. I don't know. I don't even know the total number now, but in 15 years they had sold 100 million units. So maybe some of those were people like you that purchased more than one. Yeah. But I, I'm betting a lot of people. I know I know folks that still have them today that still use them. Um, but here's the interesting part. Preston, you ask, how lucrative could a George Foreman grill uh, invention be? Well, if you're George Foreman, very lucrative. He didn't even invent the thing. They just added his name to it. And for that... He was being paid 40% profit for each grill. That earned him $4.5 million a month for in payouts in its peak selling years. And then in 1999, the company, they just said, we'll just buy you out. And they paid him $138 million just to use his name. So that guy, George Foreman, I mean, he's a millionaire already, I'm sure, with the boxing um, revenues. But he's made like over two hundred million dollars just on George Foreman grills alone. That's so crazy. That like that kind of endorsement for a product like that is is like every person's dream. Yes. Just, I, like you know, and the cool thing about it is, so you know, George Foreman, sure, like he was no Mike Tyson, right? But like he was he was pretty 
he was a pretty big boxer. He does have his own video game also mm-hmm. uh, on the Genesis. Um, but like, if if when I was when the, this came out, if you had said, "Do you know who George Foreman is?" I probably wouldn't have been able to tell you. But like, this kept him relevant, right? The yes. product matches like he's he's like a workout enthusiast because he was in sports. So like you know getting knocking the fat out like makes sense. It, it was it, it was a like a perfect marriage of of product and uh, and endorsement. So yeah, I remember him from because I had HBO uh-huh. um, as a young teenager, and he was still fighting through ninety seven. So when this came out, he was still a name. Oh, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, I mean he's been going. He had he was at the end of his career for sure, but yeah, that's it's nuts. So good on him. I feel like did he have a nickname about Hercules or something like that? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> well, this next prog that we're going to talk about does. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> Hi, Billy Mays here for the Hercules hook. One of the fastest and easiest ways to hang just about anything without any tools. No more pounding, drilling, or damage to your wall. With the Hercules hook, you just push, set, and hang. It has the muscle to hang and hold up to 150 pounds. Now that's super strong. Use them to hang an entire family picture gallery in no time. Proudly display all your achievements and awards in your office or kids room. Or hang a big bulky cabinet without breaking your back. Heavy or light, big or small, it hooks, hangs, and secures them all. The secret is the reinforced steel design. That... And yes, they really do work. Oh, look at that. You got one. I love these things. The uh, I, I've been using these for years. The hole that they make in the wall is a little bit bigger than um, like a push pin or whatever. But dude, like like this, this one here is one of the bigger ones. They have different sizes um, because... Like this is like one of the smaller ones and it just like the, basically the thickness of the metal just determines the amount of weight that you can have. Um, it's easier to see them against the red background, but, um, man, it, it does, it is kind of annoying to like stick them in. You do have to like learn how to like move it up, but essentially you just push it in through the wall and it, and it winds up just supporting itself like that and you hang things on it. So, uh, but these are great. I love them. No, I have used those before. I didn't even know that they were an infomercial thing. I, I've just found whatever I've used them before. I haven't, I haven't in a while. But yeah, they're really easy to use. Yeah, man, shout out to my man Billy Mays. There, he's a he was a very frequent infomercial hawker. He was he was great. He um he uh he was one of the biggest and yeah, pour one out for old Billy Mays. Yeah, he passed away in 2009, but I, I mostly remembered him from the OxyClean. And I got to say, my favorite infomercials to watch, if I were just going to watch stuff, are the food ones mm-hmm. um, and then the cleaning ones. Mm-hmm. So OxyClean, where you see how dirty something is and then he makes it clean, it's very satisfying. So I, I see why those products do really well, but he was a great pitchman. Um, and he had a a discovery channel series. I think he was featured on oh, along with Anthony Sullivan. Another, he's the British guy. Yeah. I think I'm, I, maybe I watched that because I, so I know somehow I know that Billy, Billy Mays, um, Billy Hayes was it Mays or yeah. Hayes. 
Billy Mays. Billy Mays. I'm, I'm starting to get like Billy. You're thinking of of Willie Mays. Yes, Hayes yes, I am. Big <laughs> major league, major um, league. Yeah, but the uh, so, anyways, I know that he he um, was a traveling salesman at some point somehow, and it must be from watching that show. Maybe I picked it up from that. Yeah, well, he's he was good, and uh, I loved how much pretend weight he was putting on that clock when he was hanging it up. <laughs> yeah. He said it can hold almost 100 pounds. He was just like. Like leaning over a little bit, you know that guy was not really pressing no. on that thing. But man, he sells it. He could have been either that, or he could have been a wrestler. If as hard as he sells that stuff. The uh, All right. go, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, you know, from one master pitchman to another. Why don't you talk about your your next pick? All right. So, uh, Ronco. We mentioned them earlier. Don't have a commercial for Ronco because you know why. It's so hard to choose because they had so many products. Ronco is named for the founder, Ron Papil. Uh, he founded the company in 1964 and first hit it big with the uh, uh, pocket fisherman, a little, uh, a little fishing pole that fit in your pocket. <laughs> and then the Vegematic, which he had. Um, I'm pretty sure that he had another omatic thing and that was kind of the basis for and that was kind of the basis for uh the veg no the bassomatic from saturday night live yep. remember that uh-huh. With, uh dan Aykroyd is that uh-huh. and then he drank the bass oh my gosh <laughs> that was great was the vegematic was that the it slices it dices i think so i could be wrong but those guys uh Ron Papil, he's a master pitchman too. He sold a lot of stuff. But his was, one of his big ones was the Showtime Rotisserie. Mm-hmm. So let's go to now, Brian, our game. Okay. Because the Showtime Rotisserie is one of our. All right. So this game, I'm going to ask Brian, I have displayed five. <laughs> Of the most iconic and most um, high, and highest earning infomercial products of all time. Okay. And they are from left to right. They are the Snuggie, <laughs> or the yeah, the Snuggie, mm-hmm. the Rotisserie Showtime Rotisserie, mm-hmm. the Thighmaster. <laughs> I can't believe Richard it's not Suzanne Summers. Oh, I know. There were inappropriate pictures on the internet for that one. <laughs> So that one's tame. Um, Richard Simmons was sweating to the oldies uh-huh. and Bowflex. So Brian, I'm going to ask that you order those. Okay. In the highest to lowest earnings. Earnings. Okay. Yes. Or sales or whatever. I'm surprised that you don't have your your boy from um uh from Police Academy his workout thing on here too. Bubba. Hightower, Bubba Smith. Yep. Uh huh. All right. I so it was an infomercial. Oh, I guess you're right. Uh, all right. So man, so this is tough. I, I immediately want to say Bowflex is number one, just because of the cost of it and how long that those commercials have been on. Uh, so I'm just gonna. Mm, but all right, I'm going to say Bowflex number one. Oh, but see, okay, I'm just going to go Bowflex number one, and then I'm going to say Sweat into the Oldies number two. Snuggy number three, uh, Thigh Master number four, 
and then the Showtime rotisserie, uh, number five. Now, the thing that makes that kind of crazy is that you have to take into account that the Snuggie is the most recent thing, but I feel because of the price point of the Snuggie, more people would buy it than than some some than maybe some other stuff. So, okay. So disclaimer here: um, these are not. I didn't capture like a, of all time the most. These are just some of okay. the the best earning products of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also my information is coming from a 2013 Mental Floss article. So. The numbers may be slightly different um, now that that's, what, seven years ago. But I feel pretty confident that they still probably maintain, um, they probably hold true their rankings. So you got two exact placements right. You got your number three. And you got your number one. Nice. So here you go. In order from lowest to highest. Um, Thighmaster came in at number five in our game with 10 million units sold for a hundred million dollars. Wow. A hundred million dollars. That's crazy. My man sweating to the oldies, Richard Simmons. He was in 20 million homes back in the day. And for that he earned, well, maybe not him, but the, the product sweat to the oldies earned $200 million. And I, uh, when I was growing up in Jackson or outside of Jackson, Mississippi, uh-huh. he actually came and filmed in Metro Center Mall, oh. one of the sweat into the oldies. Did I didn't get to witness it, but it was always like a, a point of pride that Richard Simmons filmed at Metro Center Mall. But he also came to my school wow. and led a little uh, fitness show class thing in fifth grade. It was really cool. Uh, so I there's something that I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm going to say it anyways. Do you know why his hair is so curly? No. Okay. So, I, like I said, I don't know if this is true. I've never done any research. I just heard this when <laughs> I was younger. <laughs> so, uh, so Richard Simmons, uh, he used to not have curly hair like that, but all his hair fell out. And when it grew back, it grew back curly. And the reason his hair fell out was because of the way he lost his weight. He used to be a bigger guy. And like when he lost all of his weight, part of whatever happened, his hair fell out. And then it grew back curly like that. Well, that's an interesting idea that has no basis in fact necessarily. So allegedly, take that for what you will, that allegedly happened. Okay, great. Um, you you maybe heard it here first, guys. <laughs> I will say there was an interesting podcast that um, missing Richard Simmons was all the rage a couple of years ago. Oh man, it was really interesting. Um, I kind of feel bad for listening to it because it really was like an invasion of privacy. Um, the way that they hounded trying to get him. Um, dude just wants to be left alone, but no, it, was, he doesn't. it was really cool just to learn all of it. Richard Simmons history. He, that guy's awesome. He's, he's kidnapped, isn't he? Well, they say that he's being held against his will in yeah. his house. Yeah. So plug for the podcast, go listen to it. You, it's very sensational. You know what they should do? They should have David Letterman go over there and talk to him because, because him and Dave Letterman are such good friends. That was always like one of the best, best things whenever he was on uh, the Letterman show. Did anybody famous come to your come to your school growing up? I uh, one of the schools I went to, and uh, so in fifth grade, I had he wasn't famous, but he was a mime, and he did say, say no more, fam, <laughs> say no more. But no, he he did 
so he explained that Michael Jackson stole the moonwalk from mimes and mimes have a thing where they walk in place and my, that's what moonwalking is. It's just Michael Jackson goes backwards instead of staying in place. And so he, he showed us how to do it. But, um, uh, so one, the answer to that question was, <laughs> Hey Brian, have you ever had anybody famous come to your school? The answer is no. I feel like, uh, I feel like no is probably the right answer. I mean, I did, I, one school I went to, um, one of the, one of the, my friend, well, someone in my class, his mom became famous, uh, during the whole E. coli thing because, um, she like was one of the people that kept going to like, like Capitol Hill and like talking about it and stuff like that. Um, and she wrote a book about it because her son got sick from E. coli. Um, and then, uh, I think in Tampa, there was probably some other, when I was like in elementary school, we probably had some football players come by or something like that. So. We had the power team come by in junior high. So, I mean, no big deal. MBD. Uh, but it's funny. So that same school that had um, Richard Simmons come by, my elementary school, a couple years ago, when she was first lady, they had Michelle Obama come by. So, oh, nice. When I was a kid, I had Richard Simmons. Those kids get the first lady of the United States. Um, I don't know if it's an equal comparison. Oh, but. Y- you know what? Hillary Clinton went to uh, a school that I went to for a couple years uh, in Alabama, uh, Houston Academy. But she went there because they were uh, – it's a private school and they were uh, not admitting uh, people of color to uh, to the school. And so she went She went there to like like undercover uh, for the, like the NAACP wow, or something. Wow. I don't know so. that I would have put that down as a uh... – <laughs> as a, a selling point on famous person a famous went visitor. to my school. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. That That's was, awful. I feel like that was in the seventies. So it was, it, I was not going to school there at the time, but, uh, but yeah. Um, All right. So I have gone very off course to rein it in to this, to this contest or a uh, game. Oh yes. <laughs> uh, we were at thigh master number five, 100 million. Sweat into the oldies. Number four, 200 million. Brian, you got number three, right? The Snuggie. It has in two by twenty thirteen million dollars. How much was twenty million sold? How much was it? Four hundred million. Wow. Uh, twenty million units were sold. And number two, my boy Ronco, with the Showtime rotisserie, they sold two point five million units for a total of one point two billion. With a B dollars. That's crazy. I cannot believe, like, what the gimmick of the Showtime rotisseries is that you can watch it cook, right? I guess. I, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. And it cooks two chickens right there. Look, there's two of them right there. No, oh, that's crazy. I can't believe that. That's number two. Hey, have you had rotisserie chicken? From, it's amazing. From Kenny Rogers <laughs> Roasters. Roasters. <laughs> they yeah. had one of those in Key West. And then number one, you got that one right too, Brian, Bowflex. So I'm a little mad at the Mental Floss article that I got this from because they didn't do a direct one-to-one on the values. Yeah. So I don't have a total sales earned, but basing it on 2012 alone, in 2012 alone, they made $193 million. And Bowflex has been around since the 80s at least. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that they are the winner of those five I feel confident in saying that they are the reigning champ of the infomercial wars right here. Yeah, but, but probably like you said, too expensive. Yeah, and, and the thing that I think too is um, margin-wise, the Snuggie probably wins hands down. 
because it's just a blanket with sleeves. So yeah. like the margin on that has to be like crazy. So, um, well, you know, well, it's I, fun to the oldies tapes too. I mean, the production, mm-hmm. what they probably filmed that in a, a day or two. Yeah. And then it's just VHS tapes. So yeah, that's pretty good. Well, well, you did good on that. Um, so back to our favorite ones. I think you've got one more to round out the show. Yeah. And, uh, it's one that it, I've used a lot, but, um, it has some downsides to it. Introducing the original Magic Bullet, the personal, versatile countertop magician that does any job in 10 seconds or less. Turn ice, fresh fruit, and a splash of juice into a delicious, nutritious, fresh fruit smoothie or protein drink in just 8 seconds. Grind whole coffee beans, coarse or fine, for fresh ground coffee in just 4 seconds. Chop garlic or onions without the sticky, smelly mess in just 3 seconds. Or turn tomatoes, onions, garlic, and hot peppers into zesty salsa, garden fresh and ready to eat in less than 5 seconds. With the Magic Bullet, frozen berries and orange juice becomes a luscious, fat-free sorbet in just 8 seconds. Plus, you can even cook in your Magic Bullet. First, grate cheese and chopped peppers all at once. Microwave, then pour... Did you ever own a Magic Bullet? Nope. No? I bought one because I wanted one for my bar. And I was like, this will be a great um, a great way to make like like uh, mixed drinks. Margaritas and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like frozen drinks and stuff. Um and I bought, I probably spent like a hundred dollars on this thing because I bought all the accessories, like all those different things, uh, all the different cups and stuff like that. And man, I hate the magic bullet. <laughs> it, it's, it, it works like advertised, but all those cups, like having to wash all that stuff. And like, it's like the, the container is just clear plastic. And then there's like, it screws in different like a different tops and stuff like that and just washing all that stuff like you just make such a mess and in that infomercial like the infomercial for this one when they're doing it like they make like whole meals and it's like yeah you're going you're like like just think about all these like small little cups that you're having to clean when you're done with it just like a regular blender is way better because you could just like do a giant thing and it's just that's all you need you don't need a bunch of like small little ones the, the main well, I love I love the misdirection on this one too because they're advertising like Make a smoothie in five seconds. Yeah. Make sorbet in eight seconds. Do well. They're just talking about the time it spends in that little cup blending. Yeah. They're not talking about the prep time of you cutting up all these onions to be able to fit in here yeah. to do whatever or chopping this fruit up. So it's a, a little it's a little bit of a ruse. Yeah, I um, I like the idea of it. it like the thing the thing that really sold me is they have uh, and now the blenders do this also but they had like cups basically that you could just you could make the uh you could just drink it straight out of the thing like it had a handle or whatever or a way to set it down and stuff like that so um that's the thing that sold me on it but yeah like now just regular blenders come with those same accessories so uh but i'm sure that they made tons of money off that but yep well those are some great picks man i i've gone down a rabbit hole there are more as seen on tv products than i can even count if you go to as seen on tv live.com they this is i guess the uh oh what was i I guess this is the go-to for online sales and i'm seeing stuff now that they have belts they have cushions they have (laughs) my favorite one right now that i see is easy feet 
of no more bending to clean your feet. And um, it looks like a big slipper with like bristles on it. <laughs> so that's gross. interesting. There's Turbo Scrub. There's Flex. Oh, Flex Seal's pretty cool. I've seen that infomercial. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I don't, I don't know why I can't talk. The, the, I have some of that stuff. Um, that the, or maybe that's not what Flex Seal is. There's a putty thing. That's that's what I'm thinking of. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Great segue, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what it's called. It's like some. It's like purple putty or something like that. And. Uh, I can't I can't remember what it's called, but I have some of that. Well, I will say something I have learned though in this infomercial stuff is that as much as we like to make fun of a lot of those commercials where the people are so hapless yes. showing you how awful they are beforehand, before this tool existed, and they're like flumbling all <laughs> fumbling all around and dropping everything all over stuff. Um I have read that a lot of these products that are made are marketed for uh, people with disabilities. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these things are really to solve a problem. So like as when I initially saw and laughed at that easy feet, no more bending to clean your feet, it looks goofy as all heck. Um, but I bet there's someone who has some mobility issues that mm-hmm. is really happy that that exists so they can take a shower and clean all the way down there. So um, – you can take it with a grain of salt when you see some of this crazy stuff and think about the people that might actually need this. And not everything is um, is junk. Some of this stuff actually works. Yeah. That, my favorite one of those mumbling things is the person that's walking out to the car and they have, like, the the, the bucket and all the oh, – they, like, fall, do, fall down. <laughs> yes. That is the most – yeah, that is the funniest one. I the degree to which he sold that was <laughs> – and I forget what – I wish I remember what product it was for because it was for like the most obvious – like who has problems doing that? It was probably for like but, ShamWow or something. Yeah. <laughs> you did the clean car. Oh, man. All right. Well, I think that's going to round out this episode of Wayback Attack. We hope you enjoyed um, checking out some of these retro commercials with us. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel that we are starting to populate with not only this show, the video version of the podcast, but also I've been uploading some um, classic clips from VHS tapes of different commercials. Uh, You can see that Billy D. Williams Psychic Friends Network or Psychic Readers Network one, and I'll be uploading some other ones. Um, If we missed one of our one of the best infomercials that you like, be sure to send us an email at waybackattackshow at gmail.com to let us know. And uh, Brian, where else can they find us? Uh, so you can uh, hit up the website at uh, waybackattackshow.com, right? Yes. And then uh, on Twitter at wayback underscore attack. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at B.E. Grantham. And then Preston, what's uh, what's your handle there? I'm uh, at squared stiff uh, on Twitter. And, um, well, I don't know what I was going to say there, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> We hope you check out the show online. Uh, give us a like and subscribe to us on YouTube. And, oh, I know what I was going to say. It was really, I'm pleading to you, go on iTunes and write us a review. Mm-hmm. We've, we've gotten stagnant. We had a good a good push there for a while, but then they fell off. So I know people are listening. I can see the numbers. Write us and tell us what you like or don't like about the show, but hopefully what you like about the show. Yeah, we, you know, we you can put whatever rating you want. But really, if we're not five stars, are we really not doing our job? <laughs> yeah, you need to write that angry email and tell us why we're not 
five stars. There so. you go. Well, but hey, we if you've made it this far, you're a fan. All right. So we appreciate you <laughs> listening to this episode of Wayback Attack. And I guess we'll see you next week. Bye bye.